I want to go to Romans chapter 13. And I know last week I started this PowerPoint series on studying Scripture and, and what scripture, Scriptural study is and how that works. And I was going to do that today and the Lord wouldn't let me. And uh, there's two subjects they say you never talk about, and that's religion and politics. And I guess we're going to deal with both of those today. As much as I hate bringing in politics into the church, I try to avoid that, but it's where we're living right now. And, and so I, I think it's a subject that we can't shy away from because I think things are intense in such a way that we need to be prepared for what could possibly take place. But most of all, we have to understand what does Scripture say about government and about our relationship to government. Um, so Romans in chapter 13, are you there? It, said, it says, let every person, this is out of the Amplified, let every person be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God, granted by His permission and sanction. And those which exist have been put in place by God. Therefore, whoso, whoever resists governmental authority resists the ordinance of God. And those who have resisted it will bring judgment and civil penalty upon themselves. For civil authorities are not a source of fear for people of good behavior, but for those who do evil. Do you want to be unafraid of authority? Do what is good. Well, I've been telling them that for every, every day I've been a cop. If you don't want to get in trouble, don't break the law. It's really simple. They never seem to listen. <laughs> uh, uh, for, uh, I lost myself. Man, for, oh, do, you do what is good and you will receive approval and commendation. For he is God's servant to you for good. But if you do wrong, you should be afraid. For he does not carry the executioner's sword for nothing. He is God's servant, an avenger who brings punishment on the wrongdoer. Therefore, one must be subject to civil authorities, not only to escape the punishment that comes with wrongdoing, but also as a matter of principle, knowing what is right before God. For this same reason you pay taxes. For civil authorities are God's servants, devoting themselves to governance. Pay to all that is due, tax to whom tax is due, custom to whom customs, respect to whom respect, honor to whom honor. Father, I ask God that you will give me wisdom today to deal with a subject I don't want to deal with. And I pray, Lord, that you will give me direction from the Spirit of God and teach us something today that we need to know in Jesus' name. Amen. Really hard concept for us to deal with is the idea that God places all governmental authority where they're at. Yes, God placed Barack Obama in power. Whoever becomes president on Tuesday or next December or whenever they get done fighting about it will be placed there by God. You say, well, why does God put evil people into power? Because a nation brings it upon themselves. The country, over their own actions and behaviors, 
bring upon whether they are blessed in their leadership or whether their leadership is placed there, frankly, to punish or correct them. God did that with Israel many, many, many times. Many times, because of their own actions, they ended up with an evil king or an evil judge that dealt with them because of their own sin. And you know, and it's been said many times, even from this pulpit, that this nation was founded on biblical principles. They're trying to change history to say that did not ever happen, but in fact it did happen. Even uh, And they say, well, many of our leaders were secularists, and that is true. Some of them were, not many of them. Some of them were secularists, a couple. But even those that were understood the value of Christianity and the effect of Christianity on a nation. And so they were fully in favor of a nation full of churches. They wanted churches. They wanted spiritual influence in the land. And so they're trying to change history to make that to where it doesn't, uh, it isn't true anymore. And it is true. God places them. And this nation was not perfect. It never was perfect. It never will be perfect. But there was a a general sense of a desire to serve God in the early colonies. And that's the reason they came here. And they, from there, a, um, a government was put together and God blessed this land. Now, I read an article a while back that really hit home to me because I'd never really thought about it before. But it said, out of all of the nations of the earth that are in existence today, there's only one nation that was absolutely indispensable, and that was the United States. The world could live without any other country, but especially, they said, for the last 70 years since World War II, the world needed America. America, and people say, well, then we need to quit being the world's policemen. We've had to be the world's policemen. The world would melt down without the United States. I mean, that's just the frank reality of it. Uh, never before World War II era, and mainly World War I, but even up into World War II, the world didn't have the capability of launching missiles back and forth at each other and fighting over great distances. It was pers- basically regional battles. But since World War II, devastating and terrifying weapons have hit the earth. And America has been that restraining power to keep that down. And that's, that makes us, in a sense, indispensable, but we are becoming weaker on a level. Uh, I read an article not too long ago that said the one way that America has kept the superiority is because we've been so technologically ahead of everyone else militarily. Nobody, you know, nobody could, could challenge us militarily. Our planes were better, our ships were better, our guns were better, our missiles were better, everything was better. But they said at the current rate, within five years, China will be on par with the United States. That's a terrifying thought. And that was at least a year ago that I read that. This is where we are, the reality of it. And now we're in a situation, and I'm becoming even more political than I intended to, but just bear with me. Now we're in a situation where we are facing what can literally be a constitutional crisis in our land. This impacts us as Christians very, very much. I want you to realize that what 
could possibly take place in the coming weeks. If Hillary Clinton is elected president, more and more and more it's coming out just how corrupt this woman actually is. And she's going to be placed in power while under investigation by the Federal Bureau of Investigation and more and more things coming out about it. And our nation, our, our leaders are actually fighting because who holds her accountable? The Justice Department. Who does the Justice Department work for? Barack Obama. Why do they not want to hold her accountable? Because she's a friend of theirs. On the other side, you have Donald Trump. I don't even know. Whether that's good or bad, I don't even know. But this is one thing I do know. If I give him the benefit of the doubt and I say that Donald Trump is actually a good man and he's going to do everything that he says he's going to try to do, do you think that the liberal powers across this land are going to let him do that? They will destroy this nation before they allowed him to do that. Just my opinion. We are in a constitutional crisis in the United States, and it's going to have a strong bearing on the the church. The church is going to be pushed to rise up from just being a place of fun party, and we're going to have to get our hands dirty, reaching people for the gospel of Jesus Christ, reaching people with the message of the gospel, and showing forth the, the, the truth of the gospel in the midst of a, a bad situation. Do I think that everything is just going to go on all hunky-dory? I don't. I wish I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope a year or two years from now everything is just all happy and we'd meet down at the river and go fishing. I hope that's the case. I just don't believe that to be the case. I think America is, is, is about to go into a horrible and terrifying time. But God has instituted this. Do you realize that these times when this happens to a nation aren't necessarily bad times? They're bad to go through. But sometimes it takes this to draw people back to the saving knowledge of Christ. Revival rarely, if ever, happens without persecution. Without there being a real trying of the faith, we don't have a lot of faith. I mean, we've had a thing where it's been so easy and, 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 and without challenge and without any um, cost. Our faith hasn't cost anything in the United States for, for decades. We, you know, we said a prayer, we're a Christian, we go to church, we pay our tithes, we, whatever, and everything's easy. But we in the United States don't know what it is to have to stand on our faith or face a genuine consequence for it. But I think that day is coming. It's already beginning to come in the United States where some preachers, if they proclaim the truth of the gospel, they're going to lose their churches. They're going to very possibly be charged. Some, some areas, New Jersey and different areas, are, are fighting over that right now where they want to make it to where a pastor can be arrested for preaching against homosexuality. I mean, this is coming to the United States. This is a fight that's, that's going to that's gonna take place. And I believe that that day is coming where it's going to be that kind of a battle. But we have to understand, just because a political leader is not who we like does not mean that we don't have a responsibility to pray for them. The Bible tells us to pray for our leaders. It commands us to pray for our for our leaders. God will use even evil governments to do His will. You realize that? 
Jeremiah 25, 8 and 9 says, Therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, because you have not obeyed my words, he's talking about Judah here, because you have not obeyed my words, behold, I will send forth, this is God speaking, I will send forth all the nations of the north, declares the Lord, and for Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, my servant, and I will bring them against this land and its inhabitants, against all these surrounding nations. I will devote them to destruction and make them a horror and a hissing and an everlasting desolation. God brought evil nations down to attack Judah as punishment for their defiance of God. God uses ungodly nations to do His will at times. God will use ungodly leaders to bring about His will. And I want to say, we can think, you and I can think, I know exactly who I want to be president out of these two. And we can be absolutely convinced, boy, if Hillary Clinton makes it, we're all doomed. We don't know that. We honestly don't know that. We don't know the dominoes that may fall because of her election. We don't know the dominoes that may fall if Trump makes it. If he makes it, it may be more devastating than Hillary making it because we can't see the future. We don't know what dominoes may fall that could possibly remove her from office and Maybe at some point somebody really good ends up there. I don't know. I can't speak to the future. I'm just telling you, we see through a tunnel vision that is right now, our life right now, and we think we have the answer. And God says, you don't have a clue, kid. You don't have any idea what I have in this grand scheme of things. And I often use children you know, when you're going through a time in your home and your family, you're struggling, you got lost your job, your car broke down, and this and that happened. What are the kids doing? They're out playing on the, on the living room floor. They don't know what's going on. They, all they know is, I'm hungry right now. Can I have a sandwich? That's all they know. We're the same way, man. All we know is right now what's happening right in front of us. But God sees months and weeks and years and, and centuries into the future. And we all want to believe, and I believe... That we are in the last days. And I've said this before and I want to remind you. Just because we think we're in the last days doesn't mean we are. Every generation since the very first time that the last days was mentioned in scripture has thought they were in the last days. And we may not be. I think we are. But there may be a hundred years yet. There may be a thousand years yet. We absolutely do not know. I do believe that we're seeing the decline of America, but nations have risen and fallen before. does not necessarily mean that it is the last days. And I don't say that to, to bring confusion. I say that so that we understand that we can't put it all, all our eggs in one basket and say, oh, it's all right because Jesus is going to come back in a month. He may not come back in a month or a year or 10 years or 50 years. We don't know. So we have to understand that God places governments. He put them there. God said, this is the man for this hour. And we don't understand it. We say, why would you bring this guy? Because it's bringing about the the ultimate plan that is in place. God needs to discipline America. He has to. That's what He does to His children. I, I read just several weeks ago, 2 Chronicles 7.14, if my people, which are called by my name, he doesn't, did he say, 
Hillary or, or Trump or, or the lost or the pagans. Or the, he, he said, no, my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my faith. He's worried about what we're doing more than he's worried about what they're doing. God's going to bring a punishment onto the land because of the sin that's in the land, but I think that most of that weight falls on the, on the shoulders of Christians because Christians have been apathetic and Christians have been weak and Christians have not stood there for the gospel. That's why I believe so strongly that this judgment comes. God isn't so worried about the unsaved, what they're doing. He's worried about what we're doing. And when we become cold and apathetic, He says, I'm going to wake you up. And He will do what needs to be done to wake us up. We are to pray for our leaders. And I've had people tell me, I'm not praying for that Barack Obama. I don't, I'm not praying for that guy. Well, God commands you to pray for that guy. He commands you to pray for him. I pray that he gets killed. <laughs> Wrong prayer. Wrong prayer. We're to pray that God puts His hand of protection upon him and anoints him and guides him to lead this land, gives him wisdom and understanding. God saves his soul. Whatever it takes, God do it. There has been dirty, rotten, nasty sinners on this, in this world as bad as Barack Obama before that's come to know Jesus Christ. I was one of them. And he can come in to know Jesus Christ just like you, anyone else can. And we are to pray for our leaders. 1 Timothy 1, 1 says, I exhort you therefore that first of all supplication, prayers, and intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceful life in all godliness and honesty, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. I think there's something beginning to happen in the United States because I think that the church is beginning to pray. And I think that that's why there's a, a shaking going on. I don't even know whether this whole WikiLeaks thing has been good or bad. Sometimes I think, boy, you know, I wish we'd have just kind of floated right along with, like we've done for decades and not known all this junk that we know now. But we do know it. And we can't make it not happen. We can't make it go away. What we've learned is the depth of Corruption that we ever thought our government was in was nothing compared to how corrupt our government actually is. It's horrifying what is coming out. And in the last few days, with the, well, in the last week, the, the last dump of hundreds of thousands of emails have come out. And some of the things that have come out that haven't hit Fox News or Clinton News Network or, or, or MSNBC or any of those have been the connection between our government and the occult have you seen that the only major news network news site that i found major site that had brought it out was was actually drudge report i saw a couple of little articles in the drudge report about the podestas and their connection with occult and we've had some in the fringe already throwing out the idea that there's human sacrifice going on in our government. I'm not going to go that far. I'd have to see more evidence than that. But what I have seen in these, some of these emails were conversations between top leaders of the United States and occultic leaders and talking about occultic practices within our government. Because you know what? 
We live in a spiritual world. Everything is a religious in nature. Everything that happens in our world, there is a good and evil that you and I cannot see that are going head to head over it. So when governments are evil, look down through the Bible or look down through human history. Most of the time there was a religious element that was going on behind the scenes. Hitler was a religious man. Some say he was Catholic. I'm not sure that he was Catholic. He kind of made that claim now and then. But he definitely was involved in the occult. Very much involved in the occult. Many leaders, probably all the major crazies down through the years, have been involved in the occult to some level. And it seems from some of this WikiLeaks dump that our political leaders have been and are involved in some occult practices. This thing with this island that, what's his name, Epstein? Horrifying to think that, well, right now they've, they've pretty well tied Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton to this guy and his sex island, as they call it, where they have activities with underage people. But now they're starting to come out with supposed ties to Donald Trump doing the same thing. And say, why are we getting into all this today? Because we need to pray. We as a people need to understand that we are in a war that is not being shot with guns and and missiles and, and bombs. This war is spiritual in nature and God has called us to be a people of prayer for our nation because it needs it. Have you ever noticed when somebody says they're sick, we pray for them? Our nation is sick. And we need to pray for her. She's not okay. She's not going to be all right without a move of Almighty God. Everything's not just going to go back to normal and the status quo without a move of the Almighty God. We need to pray for our land. And we, this is just emails. I mean, really. We, <laughs> this is just what's being passed around in emails that we're learning about. We don't, there's a whole lot of things that happen in my life that never touches an email. You know, so this doesn't even, I don't even think it's the tip of the iceberg of what's genuinely happening within our country. But it tells me that we are facing a critical time, not only for our nation, but for our church, for church people, for Christians. God is going to kick God's people off the fence. There's not going to be any fence walking anymore. God is going to kick His people off the fence. You're either going to be in or you're going to be out. There's no riding on mama's coattails anymore. You're going to have to have a relationship with Jesus Christ personal because it's going to come to the point where you're going to have to personally stand for Christ. It's going to be you and whoever is standing before you and you're going to have to say, yes, I am a child of Almighty King. And because you make that proclamation, there will be consequences that you face for doing it. I believe that's coming to the United States. It's horrifying how much corruption is coming out. My wife loves the fact that I read about taxes today. I actually read taxes in the Bible. I know she was excited. She, <laughs> she just, you just say the word taxes and she just lights up. But God tells us to pay our taxes. He tells us to obey our government. He tells us not to go out and purposely break the law. 
And like I said, if I can get that through to people, I've actually asked people before, have you ever thought about not being a dirtbag? <laughs> and it's like, uh, no. <laughs> Why? Why not? But as God's people, we are expected that we obey the laws of our land. But there's also a principle in Scripture that says you obey God rather than man. And I believe that day will come. And sometimes we pick it out a little easy, you know. Well, I'd rather just, I don't think. But when it really comes down to whether it's a choice, am I going to obey God or am I going to obey the United States government? I must obey God. And I am not calling for revolution. I'm not telling everybody to get ready to fight the government. I'm telling you to obey your leaders. I'm telling you to follow the leadership until you can't. And at that time, you have to make a conscious decision, and it should be a terrifying decision for anybody to defy an authority. Whether it be in your home, whether it be in your workplace, whether it be in school, wherever it is, it needs to be a terrifying thing to stand against an authority. But we in the United States, I think, will come to the point where we're going to have to say, I must obey God rather than man. And that should be a terrifying time for us, and we better make sure we're right when we do that. God tells us in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 13, Be subject to the Lord's, for the Lord's sake, for the Lord's sake, for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good, for this is the will of God. We obey our governmental authorities because it is for the Lord that we are obeying. The Bible says when a wife submits to her husband, as is to the Lord, right? Isn't that what it says? Obey him as unto the Lord. Submit to him as unto the Lord. When we submit to our government, I think it's the same principle. We are obeying God, not just our government. So that's why it should be terrifying to us to disobey willingly defy the leadership of our country. But there is a time, biblically, when that becomes necessary and we say, I can't do it anymore. I've got to stop. I cannot submit any longer to what is going on. So, we're going to pray here in a little bit, but I want to say, we have to realize that what is coming up ahead of us is a spiritual war. We think it's a war between liberals and conservatives. It is a war between heaven and hell. We think it's a battle between Trump and Hillary. It is a a battle between Lucifer and Almighty God. It is a war that is raging that goes deeper than what we see and what is reported on the news or anything else. It is a war that is in the heavenlies that is being fought for the soul of a nation and the soul of its people. And we have to realize that when we pray, we are bringing the armor and almighty spiritual battle of God against those forces that are against God. I'm mind blown that two adult senior citizens can act like a couple of eight-year-old school kids on a playground and that people would want to follow them. It's staggering to me. They both need to be spanked and sent to bed. That's what they need. It's crazy how they act. 
and a nation is going to follow them. We have a society that is sick. She is virused. She's got a cancer that is eating away at her. And the healing to that cancer is revival by the Almighty God. And getting the, the gospel of Jesus Christ heals the land. That's what heals the land. Now you remember that Israel got into sin. <clears throat> what was that? Maybe First Samuel, maybe 11 or 12, somewhere in there, when, when Israel said, hey, it's... You know, Egypt and Syria and Jordan, they all have a king and they're really cool. But we're not cool because we don't have a king. We want a king. And God specifically warned them and He said, if you get a king, this is what He's going to do. He's going to enslave your children. He's going to enslave you. He's going to take your property. He's going to tax you to death. And He's going he's to beat you and you're not going to like it. And they said, okay, we still want a king. And God said, I'll give you a king. And they, and, and they got Saul. And Saul did exactly what God said. But you know what it did to the nation? It brought them to crying out to God. And from that point, David was brought in as king. And then Solomon became king. And Israel had one of the longest stretches of peace that they've had in their whole history. So just because... We get a bad king doesn't mean that there's not something good in the future. And I'm not prophesying some great revival and, and, and wonderful things in America. I don't know. I'm just telling you, we don't know what the outcome of this election is going to be, no matter which one is elected. They could get elected and shot five seconds later. I mean, literally. I said early that I thought the best thing we need to do was elect Trump and then impeach him 15 minutes later because I'm sure within 15 minutes he'd do something to get impeached for. And I kind of like Pence, you know. So we don't know what the outcome is going to be. But I do know this, we need to pray for our nation. We need to pray and lay before our God and, and cry out to God for the United States of America. Because God knows exactly what's going to happen and He calls us and commands us to pray. So what I want to do is everybody find a place to pray. You can come to the altar. You can go to the bench over there. You can pray where you're at. You can walk around. I don't care what you want to do. I just ask you to pray. And I, are you tired of praying yet? I hope you're not tired of praying. Because we, we've been doing a lot of praying lately and I am thankful for that because that's what we're supposed to do. And I want to keep us praying. I want us to be a praying church. What was that that they said, uh, uh, we, sh we need to be a praying church, not just a church that prays? We, I want us to be a praying church. So I'm going to ask you to find a place, everybody, find a spot and pray. Pray as long as you want to pray. And let's cry out for our country. Let's pray for her. I forgot the title of it now. You deserve the glory.